1: in the series entitled The Blessed Life. And this entire series is, is really about, it, it, it may come off like I'm talking about money, and I am, but it's it's God's view on money. And the reason I want to talk about it now, the reason why I want to talk about it at this point in this season is because this is the season that we in this country spend the most money. Our country can be in a deficit last month but somehow some way spending increases. We find money that we didn't have all of a sudden and all of a sudden our economy recovers in December uh, when everybody was broke all year. But December we find money and I want to make sure that we're not, we're not like the world. Okay. I I, want to make sure that we're not taking everything that God gives us in the form of blessings financially and saying, I've got I've to be like everybody else. Now, I won't lie, because I'll be a hypocrite. But I, And my wife hates when I do stuff like this. But I got to tell my business, because some of y'all will come by my house. Some of y'all will see our Christmas tree up. And you will see a bunch of gifts under the Christmas tree. But thank God for grandparents. My wife and I have not spent a penny yet. We've tried to change that. And say, hey, stop it. Because we don't want our kids to have that mindset. We, we, I would rather them do something for somebody instead of us buying stuff. But, but you know, one day we will, if you're not a grandparent now, one day we'll all be grandparents and we'll be in the same boat. We just That's just normal. So you got to let them do their thing. You know, the Bible speaks clearly about grandparents, you know. And so we got to let them do their thing. But I just want to let y'all know so y'all don't think that we hypocrites. We, we got good grandparents, amen, somebody. We didn't buy nothing, okay? So I'm not preaching a message and I'm living a different lifestyle. I'm not, I promise you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I am, I'm just being honest. So when y'all come, they'll be like, ooh, pastor, he's such a liar. No, you don't believe me? Ask my, my in-laws. They bought all that stuff. Praise God for that, though. But here's what I want to talk to y'all about. As we go into the next year, I want to make sure that we are true stewards over what God has given us. And this message, The Blessed Life, is trying to give you a God perspective about how we spend our money, how we spend our time, how we spend our finances. Today's focus is a matter of the heart. What the church has here in America, we don't have a financial problem. People don't have a problem giving. And we don't. People in the church, believers don't have a problem giving. That's, that's not our problem. Our problem is our heart problem. We have a problem with our heart. The, the Bible even tells us uh, where your treasure is, so there is also your heart. In other words, those things that you value most, those things that you love most, those things that you quote unquote treasure is also where you find the greatest portion of your heart. Uh, if I was to ask everybody here, and I won't do that, I'm not that type of preacher and this is not that type of church. But if I were to ask everybody here to bring your bank statement and you look at your bank statement, and I say, highlight every, 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 everything you gave to the church or everything that blessed somebody other than yourself. Highlight that. Everything that blessed uh, someone other than even your family. Highlight all of those things. I think there would be a lot of white space. And I'm not judging you because that would probably be the case for me. Because I live in this society, like you live in this society, we're constantly working on being better with what God give, gave us. Okay? So, so don't be offended when I say that, but the bottom line is my heart is connected to my culture. Unfortunately, so is yours. A lot of what we do, a lot of decisions that we make are culturally based. We, we, we live in certain neighborhoods. Our kids go to certain schools. We dress a certain way. We buy certain things. We, we want to live a certain lifestyle because we are in a, society we are in a culture that says you need to do those things and that's not the blessed life oftentimes I see people all the time how you do oh I'm blessed I, I look at social media oh I'm so blessed and and when I look at the things that they're saying they're so blessed about they are material possessions I love it when I come across the post every now and again and it should be more often than not but every now and again when somebody says I woke up this morning God I'm just so blessed that's enough for me Oh my goodness, I just had me a slice of bread. No butter, just bread because that was what was in my cupboard. Oh, I'm so blessed. But we get a slice of bread and it's not enough. I'm not talking about y'all, I'm talking about your neighbor. And for us to live a blessed life, we've got to understand what God's purpose was when He created giving in the first place. God created the whole principle of giving to, to watch this, to to get us away from selfishness. God created the whole principle of giving to get us away from greed. Now, here's the thing about it. Since the beginning of the time, we've not mastered that. I can go just old school if you don't mind, and then I'm gonna get into my points in here just a minute. If you if you look at the Old Testament, watch this. If I just took a minute and looked at the Old Testament, I can recount stories of Abraham and Melchizedek. I can recount stories of Cain and Abel, where they 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 all had the same heart issue. They all had the same issue of greed. I I can I can recount. This is Old Testament. I can recount a uh, uh, many of uh, stories. Old Testament. And and, and and what's going on, even since the beginning of time, is there's been an issue with our heart. And the reason is, is because we still think that that money belongs to us. Now, I can break it down just from a governmental standpoint and say the money you have doesn't belong to you. Any cash you have in your pocket, and, and I'm not even spiritual when I say this, any cash you have in your pocket is, read it, it's legal tender. It's something to, it's used to exchange something. It's either I'm going to give you money in exchange for a product, or I'm going to give you money in exchange for a service. Uh, the money you have is not yours. As a matter of fact, if you write on it, it's against the law. Good thing they don't check it because I've read some really profane things on dollar bills. I really have. You know, they say that's the most disgusting thing. More germs are transferred through dollar bills than anywhere else. Y'all, did y'all know that? So if you don't want your money, just bring it up here. and We'll clean it for you. <laughs> just A little humor. But honestly, that's not our money. If you write on it, you literally if they wanted to check you out and say, hey, drop, row, run your pockets. Let me see the dollar bills you got. And then you pulled it out and there was writing on it. If they wanted to, they could literally fine you for writing on the government's money. Now, that's just a governmental, political standpoint view of money, if you will. But let me get spiritual. It's not yours. Everybody in here who has a job, I guarantee, I guarantee everybody in here who earns an income, I absolutely guarantee. That if you didn't open your mouth yourself and pray for that job, somebody in your pipeline did. And the fact that you got said job was directly connected to the fact that somebody, even if it weren't you, prayed for you. What are you saying, Pastor B? God blessed you with whatever you have today. It is not yours. It's his for you to do what he wants you to do with you are not blessed just for the sake of being blessed and God didn't look at you and say you know what today I'm just going to hook you up. I don't even want you to hook nobody else up. No he says I'm going to hook you up but I need you to hook some other people up because I have a plan on this earth. I need to restore people back to me. Some of that's going to require some money. I tell people only all the time. It's good to be a Christian. I love being a Christian but the only thing free with Christianity is salvation. To do ministry costs money and we'll talk about that in a minute here's what I want to share with you all some of the issues that people have with giving this is one that trips me out all the time I've heard people say constantly oh um that's that's that was under the law where we had to tithe two things I want to say real quick tithing started before the law was created if you read your Bible, you will see where they were giving ten percent before the before became a law. That's number one. A uh, number two, uh, true tithing did become a law. But 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 for those people who say, "Yeah, but we no longer under law," I say this: If that's the case, then what about murder? What about rape? What about stealing? Why are those things okay to to honor the law, but you don't want to honor the law of tithing? <laughs> Oh, I wanna, I wanna make sure that I follow the law when it comes to murder. I'm not gonna murder nobody. I'm not gonna rape nobody. I'm not gonna steal, but, but tithing, we no longer under the law. Why are you choosing and picking what you wanna follow? Oh, okay, okay. The other argument I get is that, well, well, tithing is not New Testament. And I say, then you don't read your Bible. Uh, Jesus himself, if you had one of those red letter Bibles, uh, if you have a red letter Bible, let me explain what that means. Every time you see words written in red letter, uh, that is Jesus himself speaking. And if you will uh, join me, if you will, just for a second here uh, and jump over into uh, watch this. Um, Matthew 23, 23, if you have your Bible, if you don't, don't worry about it. I'm just going to read it because then I got to get to some point. I got to get somewhere with this. For those people who say, well, Jesus, New Testament, that wasn't the Bible. They, 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 watch this. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees. Hypocrites. For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. So what say you, Jesus? Jesus says, you should tithe. Yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What did Jesus say? He said, you should. Yes, he didn't even, he didn't even stop. He said, you should, then he finishes with this. Yes, no, I'm really, yeah, I'm saying it. I am saying it. I'm confirming it. It is definite. You should tithe, but do not neglect those matters of the heart. Do not neglect those. And people say, "Oh man, but but Jesus didn't talk a lot about tithing. He didn't. Matter of fact, I think that's the only time he mentioned the exact word tithing. But he talked about money more than any other subject in the entire Bible, in the entire New Testament. Jesus talked about money more than any other subject matter in the New Testament. More than forgiveness. More than salvation. He mentions the word money more than any other subject matter. You please don't take my word for it. Google it." <laughs> <laughs> he mentions the word money more than any other subject. Here's the other point. They had a treasurer. Part of the disciple. They're, they're the whole, all 12 of them hanging out. Somebody was counting the money. How do you know? It doesn't say that. And it doesn't say specifically somebody was counting the money, but it does say specifically that somebody was stealing the money. And his name was Judas. So if somebody was stealing the money, that means they were collecting money. So obviously giving and tithing and, and giving of your finances was important to Jesus. Am I right about it? He speaks about it more than any other subject according to the Bible. He, 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 he mentions and he shares the fact that, yes, you should tithe, but don't forget about other matters of the heart. So why is it that every time I talk to a Christian brother or sister or somebody, and then, yes, I'd say Christian brother or sister or somebody who's, who's tripped up about giving to the church, uh, thinking that they're pastors and not all pastors have jets. I wish I had. I don't have no jet. I don't have no Maybach either. I don't want one. I, listen, I do have a mansion and it is in heaven. It's not here on earth. And that's what I'm working for. I want the mansion that awaits me up in heaven. Forget all of these preachers that you see hanging out with Trump. These people that are self. Oh man, I don't want to preach that this morning. You almost had me going somewhere. Woo. And this is what people are tripped up about with preachers and giving to the church. And I'm saying, forget, okay, I get it. If you are trumped up with that, tell you what, do you read the Bible? Yes. Do you believe the Bible? Yes. Then just stick with the doggone Bible. If you don't believe in the pastor, you don't believe in, in religion and all that stuff, then read your Bible and do what the doggone Bible says and end it there. You don't have to argue about all this stuff. It's not the law. It's not the New Testament. Jesus didn't say it. Listen, just read your Bible and then do what you're supposed to do End the discussion. Now, here's the thing. Not tithing. It doesn't mean you're not going to go to heaven. But I'm sure Jesus keeps an account of it. I'm sure he keeps an account of it. I'm not trying to guilt anybody because the Bible also says uh, uh, God loves a cheerful giver. The Bible also says do not give under any kind of pressure. So please understand, I'm not trying to pressure you into it. I just want you to, to, to allocate what God is giving you properly to God. And as I said last week, God doesn't need your money. He needs people. Okay. But I think a good starting point to being a generous person and living the blessed life is giving unto God, making that a discipline. I know that some of us are just struggling with the discipline of praying regularly. Some of us are struggling with the discipline of just seeking God and just and and being obedient to his word. I get that. But let's start somewhere. And this is so important because all of our children, all of our friends, our loved ones, the person that we're dating, our boothing they all have a Christmas list of things they want. And we want to give it to them because we love the smile that comes upon their face when they open the gift. But what I want to tell you is before you go on ahead and get the smile off your boothing's face off your spouse's face off your children's face, Let's look at what we've done for God this year. Amen. It's no pressure, but I just really want you to be blessed there are four steps to mending a broken heart now now, now some of y'all are like what do you mean a broken heart my heart ain't hurting and when i say broken heart i'm not talking about a hurting heart i'm talking about a heart that is broken because our treasure is in stuff that doesn't matter so it's broken and it needs to be fixed well how do you fix a heart that is broken so that i can live this blessed life pastor b well i want to go old 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 school here and go to the book of Deuteronomy. And that's where we're going to get all of our answers from. If you meet me over in Deuteronomy 15, verse nine is where we're going to start at. There are four steps that I think you need to take in order to mend a heart that is broken, not a hurting heart, but a broken heart. We got to deal with Deuteronomy 15, verse nine. We have to deal with a selfish heart. Now Deuteronomy fifteen nine says this, and I'm I'm going to give you the backstory so you can be in the place. But let me read the scripture. It says, "Do not be mean spirited, and refuse someone a loan because the year for canceling debts is close at hand. Uh, if 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 you refuse to make the loan, and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be you will be considered guilty of sin. Let me explain so you can understand the context." Jewish tradition said that if you loan somebody money (laughs) I know some family members will love this story today that if you loan somebody money that if they didn't pay you back within seven years there was a specific day the end of seven years then they didn't have to and you have to forgive them regardless of the amount you had to forgive them now here's a good part if you owed somebody same thing Uh, you had a loan uh, you had to forgive it at the end of seven years and so what God is saying in this message here is that forget all of that because here's what's going to happen somebody's going to ask you for money and it's like a few days left for the end of the year knowing that they're not going to pay you back and you're not going to want to loan it to them and he said don't be mean-spirited If they need it, don't worry about what they're going to do with it. If they need it, don't worry about it. So what is the end of the year? It's the the end of seven years. Don't be tripping about that. Just be obedient to the word. I don't care if it's the last day. uh, Just do what is right. In other words, bless somebody else. Be a blessing to someone else. Stop being selfish. And in this country, we we live in a place where it's we have this entitlement thing. Uh, I got mine; you got to get yours. And 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 I hate when people say that. Oh, I I started here, and and I've I've, I've worked hard to get mine. So if I did it, you can too. And it's like. How do you know I can't too? You don't know. My circumstances are different than yours. My social security number is different than yours. My name is different than yours. Uh, I may handle things different than yours. You're an introvert. I'm an extrovert. We're two different people. So how can you say that because you started here and rose up here that I can do the same thing? I may not be equipped with some of the same stuff. So can you help me get there? And it doesn't always mean a financial helping. Sometimes I just need your wisdom for free. Because now you want to sit with great people with great minds. They're like, yeah, $500 an hour. Cool, I'm just going to YouTube you and I'm going to find yourself for free. And what? And I just piece it all together. Well, I'm serious. There are people with great minds and listen, I'll be honest. We spend tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars for a college education. But some of these times when you sit with these great minds, that's far more valuable than even your college education. But when you poor like me and others, uh, I can't afford 500 bucks an hour because what I got to say, going to take about 24 hours and you 500 times 24. That's a lot of money. I think I'm just going to go back to the university. Or I'm just going to Google you, find your YouTube videos and just get what I need to get for free. So sometimes what people want is not money. And we immediately be thinking like, oh, it's money. It's, and, and no, it's like your time, as I say, time is money. Your time is just as valuable as money. That's money I didn't have to spend. Here's the second thing. So first thing you got to do is deal with the selfish heart. If they ask, give. Just give. Watch this. Selfishness tries to manipulate and make deals with God to protect the return. Deal with a selfish heart. Here's the second thing I want to share with you. Deal with a grieving heart. Deal with a grieving heart. Deuteronomy 10. Let's go down on Deuteronomy 10, 15, verse 10. Watch this. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. uh, in, In everything you do. Watch this. I love this part. Watch what happens here. How do I want to say this now? When he says a grieving heart, he's speaking about that person that gives reluctantly. Like that person that gives at church under duress. And immediately they're like, oh man, I was going to do red lobster for dinner with you, baby. But uh, let's just go grab one of them little Caesar pizzas because I gave to church. I feel bad. Or you do your budget and say, "Man, what 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 can we cut this week? Uh, let's not give to the church. We'll just double up next week." And double up never happens. The week that never happens. Y'all know the truth. And 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 and, and it, it's that's the grievous heart. You're grieving over something that's gone that never belonged to you in the first place. You're grieving over something that 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 you felt pressure to do. You're grieving over something you've lost that 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 did bless somebody, but you were upset about it because it kind of disturbed your plans or your schedule or your lifestyle. And we have to deal with that. We've got to confront that. Here's what I know. I've never given a dollar to church that I've missed. I've never given any amount to the church. And as a matter of fact, I love it when I, when it's time, I, that's my favorite part. I love when I get money, when anything comes into the account, I love to watch it go. I love to get that receipt from Mosaic Church saying, thank you. Oh man, I love it because I feel like, oh, I feel better doing that than, than when I pay the bills. I feel better than doing that than when I turn on my lights and know I paid Georgia Power. That feels so much good because I know that it's going to a power. It's going to a source that's going to continue to provide so that I can continue to live the lifestyle I live. I've never missed money that I've given to God. Never. Why? Because it wasn't mine in the first place. Every single nickel that comes into the Santiago household, I prayed for every single one. My wife prayed for every single one. Oh, my God. I mean, we try to tithe on a nickel. Uh, how do you do that? Like 10% of a nickel. You, you, how do you do that? There's no, there's no no, percentage. There's no coinage that can do that. You know? but that's a, Okay, y'all missed it. But anyway. We have to deal with a grieving heart. Here's the other thing. A selfish heart says we can't give. The grieving heart says we shouldn't have given. The third point is this. We need to develop. So here's, here's, here's the first two points. We're dealing with some stuff. We're trying to fix some stuff. Now that we fix those things, we need to move on to developing certain things. So number three is we need to develop a generous heart. Develop. And now to develop means you got to work on it. It's, it's not something you can pray your way to. You got to work and pray. You got to do both. Uh, Deuteronomy 15, 14. If you're there, meet me over there. And this is what it says there. Watch this. He says, give him a generous farewell gift from your flock, your threshing floor, and your wine press. Share with him some of the bounty with which the Lord, your God, has blessed you. Let me put that into context. What God is saying is, he's talking about if you have a slave, release your slave. Don't don't just release him, though. Hook them up with with your own stuff. Give them a part of what you've worked hard for. The person that was enslaved working for you for free, don't just release them without anything. Hook them up. Like, like, Like the Africans who were enslaved here in America who were supposed to receive 40 acres and a mule and it never happened. That was the law, by the way. And it just never happened. So when you see people uh, social media, whatever, you know, griping about reparations. Well, that's what they're talking about. They you know, they, they were promised. Their ancestors were promised something that they never, ever got. According to the law, they were promised. 40 acres and a mule, and they never got it. So that's why people say, I want reparations. Other people say, because they're lazy. I just got to tell the truth. It's like, you ain't had a job since a job had you, and you want reparations. You just want to hook up because you don't want to work. But there are legitimate people that are literally fighting the Government saying, Hey, y'all made a promise to our ancestors here Here is one of my ancestors who was enslaved. uh I want that. Give me an acre at least. Keep the mule. Give me a John Deere <laughs> but we've got to develop a spirit of generosity there 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 are people that don't even live in this in this state of Georgia that support this ministry love it never met them before in my life they've never seen any of your beautiful faces they've never ever come to this building but they listen to the podcast religiously hello by the way uh, they, they 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 follow us everywhere and they give generously now, i don't want i don't need to see you I see Jesus and that's enough. Keep doing what you're doing. Let me support that because you are showing people that there is a real person named Jesus Christ who saved us. Keep doing what you're doing. And I want to develop an entire culture, an entire people who are generous just like that. Here's my my, my final point. There were some other things I wanted to share, but I I want to just get all of these things out. Here's the fourth point. Develop a grateful heart. I won't do this, but if I was to say, hey, who, 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 who could use a little bit more money? Raise your hand. Don't do that because my hand would go up too. And I can't help it. It's just like, you know, it's just like, watch this. You ever been somewhere and somebody started running and you don't even know what's going on? You just start running too? huh? Just, why are we running? Just... <laughs> and it's the same thing in our culture. It's like, well, I want more because everybody else want more. I, I I don't know why I want more. I don't even know what. What would I do with more that I can't do with what I have now? More wouldn't give me any more than what I have now, honestly. And the thing is, we've got to be grateful with what we have. I, I find myself often, you know, my wife and I, we have one vehicle. And, uh, oh my God. Uh, the minute I, well, let me tell you what happened. I used to complain about it. I mean, literally my wife and I used to go back and forth. We had two vehicles. We, we can manage our schedule a little bit. And we had two back and forth, back and forth. The minute I stopped complaining saying, God, maybe this is what you have for me. A friend of mine says, Hey, listen, my son is going off to basic training for the military. And we had this extra car, but every time we want to pull our car out, we got to bag his car out the driveway first, then pull our cars out, then put his back. It's so troublesome. And so did you ever get an, another car? And I says, no, we never got another car. And he says, well, would it bless you to have the car until December? Uh, Will that help you out at all? And I says, yeah. She said, because it would help me out. The minute I stopped complaining about having one car, God sent somebody that says, well, I'm going to bless you at least for a season. Somebody don't know nothing about that blessing, King David. The minute I started being grateful for where I was and what God has already given me, he gave me more. And here's what I want to tell you all. The minute you start appreciating what he gave you, your house, your children, your lifestyle, your job, just saying, God, thank you. If this this is as good as it gets, woo! I'm going to do a dance on it because it's great. If this is all the best that I'm going to ever have for the rest of my life, I am so happy. Thank you, Lord. If, if, if hot dogs and pork and beans is dinner all week long, whoa, that's good stuff. Because I know that God, yeah, put some cinnamon on it. Eddie, right? I know that God is going to give me steak just for being grateful. I know that God is going to bless us. You can come now just for being obedient and honoring him with what he's given me. There's a story in the Bible, and I'm going to close right here, of a woman that was grateful. And I shared this story with you on last week. But it's one of my favorite illustrations of someone that's grateful. We know Jesus spoke in parables. And and I mean, he was a master storyteller. He was the best storyteller there ever was. But the story I'm going to share with you is not a parable. This is a real thing that happened. And and you can read it in several accounts of the gospel of a woman uh, who wanted to participate in uh, the discipline at the time of giving. She was a widow. And what does that mean? Well, her husband died. And back in those days, the husband was indeed the sole provider of the household. Matter of fact, they didn't let women work. You couldn't go out and earn an income. Uh, And and women, most women who became widows became also prostitutes because that was one way to earn money. They were uneducated back then. That's the history. But this widow, Jesus observed all of these Pharisees and Sadducees going and giving their tithe. They were very proud to do it. They were very happy about it. There was a certain air about them giving. They didn't give out of gratitude. They gave out of discipline. They didn't give because they were grateful. They gave because it was the law. And these were religious leaders of the law. They knew the law better than anybody. And Jesus observed that they gave just. But then there was this widow. Who had just a few coins. Who came in her tattered attire. She came probably weeping, I would imagine, because that was probably her last. She came with a certain joy that you could see on the outside. And she probably looked at those coins as she stood at that place to give her offering. And probably reflected and thanked God that she was able to have just that. And she gave happily. And Jesus said in that moment that she was blessed because of that. Not because she honored law, because that's not what she did. It wasn't about law. It was about gratitude. Those Pharisees and Sadducees who had given, gave out of law, their obligation to the law. But this widow, who didn't have anything, not even a husband to help provide more income for, she gave out, gave out of gratitude what she did have. And I firmly believe, and this is just broader speculation. I firmly believe she knew that she could give her last knowing that God would make sure that she had all of her needs met. She had great faith. She had to have great faith to give her very last. And I want us, I want us to operate in this season with that same type of great faith. You know, I've been, I've been really toying with this and, and I've had some of my great advisors tell me, you know, and, and I, we've never done this before at this church, uh, an end of the year offering. That's just not something I've ever taught you all about. It's not something that I've ever encouraged you to do, but it's been on my spirit that, 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 that to do an end of the year offering. I mean, Honestly, part of me wants to do it just for my sake. I want to I I do what God said do. do. Test me. So I want to test him. I'm like, okay. And I'm waiting for this to happen. And it's just me doing it. But I want to invite you all to do it with me. I'm waiting for like a bonus. Something I didn't expect. Some kind of money to come that I didn't expect. Some type of gift to come that was not even expected. Whatever that amount is, I've already told God. Whatever that is. And I know it's something that I normally wouldn't get. So it's not a gig. I get those, but it's something that totally would come out of, out of nowhere. Whatever that is that comes between now and the end of the year, I'm giving the entire thing to God. And I want you to join me in that challenge. I don't know. Some of y'all, you may, you may not even expect a bonus for the past three years. Your boss didn't give you all a bonus because things were tight as a job, but this year you don't expect the bonus and your boss may say, you know what? I want to give it to you. That could be God. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of those preachers. But what my wife and I are committed to do is whatever comes in that we totally didn't expect, we're going to give it. Watch this. I've even taken it a step further. I says, God, if I'm even somewhere out with my family and we're eating lunch and somebody picks up the tab, a stranger, then whatever I was going to pay for that meal, I'm going to give it. Amen. And I want you all, please, 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 please. This is not for me. It's not for the church. This is not under any pressure. We're, we're good. The church is good. But this is for you. I want you to join me in this commitment. I want you to do that. If somebody picks up your tab, you, you go to Starbucks, somebody says, hey, let me pay for your coffee. Whatever you going to pay for that coffee, put that in. I want you all to really, really test God. Heck, he gives us permission, right? <laughs> Why not? You know, test me. Oh, test you. Oh, okay. <laughs> do it. I dare you. So if you would join me in that commitment, it would honor God. It would honor me. We're going to do it even if it's just me and Erica. But it feels so much better when I'm doing it with a community. Amen. Some of you all are really, really phenomenal tithers and givers. But I, I want to stretch you a little bit. I'm being stretched in this. Because y'all know I don't got no money. This is all I get right here. Y'all know my stipend. I've already shared it publicly. So uh, honestly, you know, do your very best. Our worship team will come.
0: Come on, and John. Ch-